Hi, welcome to the Coffee Chat Show here on Buzzing Patea, the show where we talk about things that are happening right here, right now, as well as general news, tips, information, and advice. And have I got a guest for you today, guys. Billy, how the devil are you, young man? I'm pretty cool. Pretty cool. He is cooler than he looks, I'll tell you what, he's an established author, a, 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 a world-class uh, fisherman champion. You, you know, you've got bars that are coming out of your arms, your ears. You know, I mean, honestly, you've had it all, haven't you? I used to have bars coming out. My <laughs> very sorry for this, but I've got just the one at the moment. Just at the moment. Well, I tell you what, honestly, I, I've been looking forward to doing this interview with Billy for a long time. Many people watching the channel said, "Get in front of Billy, go and have a chat." So here we are, guys. As you've asked, I'm with the man himself. Now, I think the best thing to do is let's start from the beginning, shall we? Where are you from originally? Well, I'm a northerner originally, okay. uh, about 10 miles north of Manchester. Okay. Naturally enough, much too intelligent to be a red, so I'm a city, city blue. Could be worse, you could be a Spurs fan. Uh, no, I could, never, <laughs> I could never be that bad. I can't help it, I've got to get <clears> digging <throat> with the Spurs boys. So, so you're from that. Manchester? Yeah, originally. I grew up there and escaped when I was about 21 after university. Yeah. Joined the army, uh, went out to Singapore. Nice. So unlucky really, you know, after training camp, all my mates finished up in Northern Ireland. <laughs> getting yeah. their heads blown yeah. off, getting yeah. shot at, and yeah. uh, I was dillying and dallying somewhere around the uh, local population in Singapore. Fantastic. It, uh, it was a posting that did everything that it said on the tin. Water skiing, oh, you name it, we, we did a lot. Never did any work, but it was great. And that was the forces? Yeah, yeah. Really? Water skiing in the forces? Goodness. Oh, gosh, I mean, yeah. Obviously, I joined the wrong regiment then. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> without question. Yeah. How long were you in the army? Not very long, after, uh, after four years, I, yeah. got, I got a post in two Northern Ireland. Yeah. And I'd grown pretty attached to both arms, both legs, and the rest of the gotcha. the, uh, the the pieces that attached to me. Yeah. So I bought myself out, got a job at um, British Gas, okay, which was a nationalised industry, and I did six years there. Where the the only work I did was actually stirring my coffee. So no, hang on. Nobody so you, did anyway. So you've gone from water skiing to stirring your coffee. Pretty much. So, I want to yeah. go back in time and follow you around. I mean, what what great jobs you've had. Well, in the nationalised industries, you get promoted, you get a secretary to stir your coffee for you. <laughs> I never quite got that high. But, uh, <laughs> so you've gone from Manchester to, to Soy Chaipin, Soy Park, which is where we are right now. Uh -huh. I mean, that's a hell of a journey. I've been around a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I think so, when, when, when you get a post in, your first post in Singapore, yeah. it gives you a love of travelling, okay. and in, in particular, the Orient. Yeah. And I... Uh, I couldn't really wait to get back here again, you know, but when I did sell my business, I moved to Tenerife for 10 years. Oh, nice. I've uh, been pretty idle there, you know, sunshine, seasick, sangria, and uh, Stirring yeah. coffees and water skiing. Oh, stirring coffees, I didn't do any water skiing. Oh, okay. no, no. <laughs> I rather foolishly took up golf, which is probably the most frustrating <laughs> sport in the world, and I, I wasted 10 years of my life trying to hit a piece of plastic that defied all the laws of physics. <laughs> if, if Newton had played golf, he would never have invented his laws of motion. Okay. Because a golf ball does what it wants to do, not what you want it to do. So. Golfer does anything it wants to do when I hit it. I'm terrible. Yeah. I'm absolutely rubbish. So, just just to go back a stage, and so you, you're in the forces. Um, did you get yourself involved in the fishing world before you came out and moved out of the country, or was that back in the UK? Uh, I think I, I took up fishing 
pretty much as soon as I could walk because my dad was a, a king fisherman and uh, I seemed to be quite good at it and uh, I entered the, the senior match circuit when I was 13 years old. Wow. And uh, the times I was actually earning more money than my dad was earning working down the pit. <laughs> so it, uh, it, it helped because I think that I'd earned about seven quid a week at the time. Yeah. And, I mean, to, to get things in perspective, the house that he bought when I was born cost 250 quid. My lord. So it shows you how old That's I am. That's a night out, isn't it? That's a night out now. Yeah, 250 quid, my God. And it took him years to pay it off. And I bet you now, what would that house be worth nowadays? <clears throat> Probably 300, no? I was going to say 300 grand. Quid. <laughs> 300 pounds, got me more than that. It was in Lancashire, don't forget. <laughs> You're being hard now. Your, your father worked his socks off for that. <laughs> a, little, a little coal mining village yeah. where um, I thought everybody in the world was black. Because <laughs> um, there were no white men there. The women were white, but the men were black because everybody worked down the pit and they used to come up with black faces. And yeah. Did you ever go down the pit? No, good grief. No, uh, that was definitely off the radar. I think I, uh, I was a bit too claustrophobic. Mm. And in fact, I was quite proud when the first job I got wasn't at the pit because um, virtually every kid in the village became a miner. It, yeah. it, it really was so bad, you know. Yeah. Um, I escaped and to escape the northwest, even after university, I had to, I had to join the army. There weren't, there weren't jobs around even with a degree they were very second-rate jobs mm -hmm. so I, uh, I signed up I went for the interview originally down um, down Woolwich oh, okay Woolwich Arsenal I believe. Come down my, my neck of the woods in they just play football though didn't they oh, the that, hurt, that hurt that hey come on then Let, let's play fair remember I can turn this interview any way you want oh, <laughs> right. okay be nice uh, about that it could have been okay. worse so you could have gone to, to uh, Tottenham <laughs> well, there's no, there's no army camps. No, now, there's there? nothing in there, is there? <coughs> Sorry, it's all you Zotner fans, are only pulling your leg. I went for the interview there, and uh, I got accepted as a, you know, to go to Sandest with the Gunners. Okay. But something didn't seem right. I was, uh, I was a Lancashire lad, very colloquial accent, and yeah. a lot of air bag on my necky thump. Yeah. And <laughs> the people who, who interviewed me, well, you your, your ink and your arrows job, you know? Oh, right, okay. And they, they all talk with the plum in the mouth. And the I Ruperts. Yeah. I call so, them the Ruperts. And I, I realised pretty early on that there's no way I was going to fit in with, with that society. I was yeah. a bit yeah. too rough and ready, so I went back to the recruiting office and I said, no, I don't want to be an officer. Just stick me anywhere you want. Yeah. And uh, I went down to something called Field. Okay, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, there's a recruit selection did, centre. Did you run down the run around the car park? Do you BFT around the car park? No, no, no. This was just only three days. Oh, okay. You do a series of tests, and then they tell you where you can and where you cannot go. So I, I got offered pay corps and intelligence or intelligence corps, and uh, yeah. Little did I know that when I joined the pay corps, I wouldn't just be sat there with. Uh, pencil and paper, they actually give me a gun as well, you know. And you get attached to all sorts of horrible regiments which go to Northern Ireland and get the reds blown off. Yeah. I think I think so, that guy over there's got a good good uh, machine gun gun on in there and he's doing his drilling and killing. Yeah, well he's doing up the bar again. Yeah, so so yeah. you're in you're in the in the pay corps now? Well I joined the pay corps uh, after a few months in Sutton Coalfield. Yeah. Out of our group of about thirty people 
that passed out, I think 29 of them got Northern Ireland. When I was the unlucky one, I got Singapore. Oh, I bet you were gutted. I can imagine the look well, on your face. Well, it was a Scottish regiment. See you, lads. Have fun. I'm going to go to Singapore and do some uh, water skiing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, obviously being in a pay corps, you do know what us, us foot sloggers call you boys, don't you? You know that we used to call you the Remps. Yeah, the rear echelon. <laughs> you do realise I had the power to transfer your salary you to Abu Dhabi no, if I, I wanted to. Do you know when I joined, we used to have to go and see the paymaster. We used uh -huh. to have to queue up in the in the paymaster. They give you a little white slip. Yeah. And I think back then I was earning about four hundred and eighty-five pound a month. I think it was okay. something around about that figure. And uh, yeah, you used to go and see the paymaster and uh, get your stamp. There you go, son. And they, and they would keep some back. Oh yes. And they would make you save it. And I'm like, I don't want to save. I want to spend. And, uh, no, we're going to make sure you learn to save. And and that's what they did. And when I actually left the army, um, you got a, a, a pay. Uh, you know. A, a, a savings book given to you and I'm like wow I've got some money oh, right. but I didn't know what was going well I think the army made a mistake putting me in the pay court <laughs> because when they moved me I left this Scottish regiment at uh, Nisoon Barracks yeah you ever see the film The, uh, the Virgin Soldiers I haven't known Yul Bennett that was right. based at Nisoon Transit Camp okay so I moved from there to Samboang and they put me in charge of the, the major pay office there so I had, uh, had foreign currency with several million pounds in, 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 in the big safe. And we used to fund the fleet or anyone who came out here, because we had to buy Singapore dollars, Australian dollars or whatever. Yeah. They put me in charge of that without knowing me what a, a bit of a rascal I was. <laughs> Please don't so, tell me you've done what I think you're going to tell me. Well, a bunch of the MOD money disappeared into my <laughs> account. <laughs> okay, all right. so. <laughs> You've gone from it's too late, you can't get me, no, I've, I've spent it <laughs> on least, Thai girls. Well, at least you're honest. Um, so you've gone from, the, from, the, uh, from relieving the MOD of some uh, surplus funds to yes. into fishing, didn't you? You, you? you are an established, well not an established, well, that's an insult to you. You're a bit of a legend in the fishing uh -huh. world. I went back to England and bought a house down the Midlands, strangely enough, cash. Which was yeah. quite strange for yeah, me. How did you manage that? <laughs> on, on a corporal's salary, you know. But, uh, <laughs> corporal buys a house cash. And a car. <laughs> and I, I started fishing again, and uh, it was a completely different type of fishing, so I had to sort of relearn a lot of the old skills. And um, You mean your fishing didn't involve opening a safe? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right, so you're there dangling your fish, your rod with the fish. <laughs> and. Uh, I, mean, I made a, a fairly modest name for myself, got one or two of the titles, then one day I got a phone call, I was working at uh, British Castle at the time, as I said, working stirring coffee once a day, and I got a phone call one day and they, they said, I uh, would like you to do a, a TV advert, and I thought, come on, you're taking the Michael. Yeah. But anyway, I arranged a meeting with them and I did a TV advert. Okay. They paid me a colossal amount of money. Unbelievable, I could not believe it. It was at that point where I thought, somewhere down the line, I could have been able to make a living out of fishing, but how the heck can I do it? Mm. You know. So I, I went into partnership with a fella. I left a very, very good job. Um, went in partnership with this guy and started making fishing floats. But the man was a complete utter nincompoop. So I, I left him, set up a factory on my own. And uh, I'm not sure, I think it was possibly the, the largest supplier of floats in the UK at the time. Wow, eh? wow. I used to do over a million a year, export them everywhere. 
A million floats? Yes. Wow, that's incredible. And, uh, I always had a dream of owning my own fishery, my own lakes. Yeah. And uh, one day I got the opportunity, so a farmer dug a lake, a big lake, and it was for the, the fly fishing. And they decided they didn't want it, so I took on the lease. And that was the beginning of what became making fisheries. Um, I made it work, I a complete new concept. Nobody had ever done this commercial fishing before. Yeah. And it became two lakes, three lakes, and ultimately wound up as um, 21 lakes. 21 lakes, and, and yeah. to put that into perspective, I mean, how big would be the average lake? Well, they, they varied in size, but three of them I used as stock pools, 18 for fishing. Yeah. And I could sit five, six hundred people around at any one time. Wow. So we're talking like bigger than a football pit. Oh, cracking. Really? Wow. Oh. And 21 of them? Most of them, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's incredible. And uh, eventually I sold out to well, the British government, really, by way of the uh, British waterways. Yeah. And um, whipped the money over to uh, an anonymous bank in Spain. You and your money. <laughs> and I left a forwarding address of. Alice Springs, Northern Territories, Australia, for the taxman. You know, I, I still vi visualise some little taxman walking around, yeah. knocking on doors, saying, "Do you know this fella, Cover, whoever they speak over there?" So, how many titles did you win? Oh, I don't know. I'd you see, he says he was modestly okay at fishing, but you're not, are you? Come on, let's put it on the table. I was okay. You, you know, let's put it on the table. How many championships have you won? I don't know. More than you can remember. Well, it, it didn't work like that. I, I was British champion and BBC champion, but that was a long time ago when I was, but it's still when an I was achievement. young. Don't undersell yourself. It's still an achievement. I mean, forgotten I, about. You, you mentioned about the army, okay? I, I was very lucky, like yourself. I was, I was stationed over in Jamaica. Yeah. I was at the top of Port Antonio Hill, and I was doing a rebro stage, so they were bouncing the signal up and down. And down at the bottom, I could see Port Antonio, which is a marlin fishing uh, village. Oh, right, yeah, of course. So it is, we yeah. used to sit up on the hill doing our rebro, bouncing our Morse code around. And we used to watch these, these boats come in night after night, early, sort of early afternoon, mid evening. And they'd have these massive marlins stuck to the side. Oh, but they I couldn't get. get them in the side of the boat because they were yeah, too big. So yeah. we said, oh, we've got to have a go at that. Anyway, long story short, we, we did go down and we paid 45 Jamaican dollars for a day out fishing. There were six of us. We took a crate of, a crate of beer and they provided the food. We went out, we were the only boat to come back, we didn't catch a damn thing. Not a thing, not, not even a close to even a fish or anything. And everyone was looking at us and we're like, yes, yeah, sorry guys, like we're gonna get, where did it go wrong mate? You know, you, what tips could you give me to get that well, marlin? Um, most it, it most of those wind up as Chinese, uh, sorry, Japanese sushi, that's right. the trouble. Yeah. And they, they've raped and plundered the seas. It's quite rare to catch one now. Oh, well, it really is, you know. I mean, I'm going back now, what am I, I'm 55, so that would have been about 35 years ago. Okay. And uh, yeah, they were just nailing them in, but we didn't, I couldn't catch a cold meat. Well, it's, it's, it's just pure luck, you know, you're just trolling your lure along and a fish comes along and grabs yeah. it. Either it does or it doesn't. You it, know, didn't, they, it didn't with well, me. Mine was competition fishing, the canals, lakes, rivers, and you know, the usual fool at one end and a, a worm at the other. But You know when you toss your, your, your hook in? Toss, yeah, okay. Well, sorry, oh, sorry, is there a technical term? Oh, it's... What do you call it? Land, no, it's landing. A, a veritable ballet movement. A veritable okay. ballet. Portrait you, in motion, You mean yeah. you toss it in? <laughs> yes. Okay. So we've got this veritable ballet move that I've put my, my uh, significant bait into the water. What's the funniest thing you've ever pulled out the, out, out the water that you never expected? Well, I was sat down um, 
place called um, Denham, down London. Okay. <clears throat> Underground Union. And uh, I was catching quite a few fish in this competition. There were very few pe people around <coughs> who, were, who were catching anything. And I got quite a crowd behind me to catch fish. And uh, there was a lady who'd run the, who was running the match. And she came and sat next to me. And I'm trying to play the big I am, giving it a running commentary. <laughs> And depending on the type of bites that came along, I just said, no, look, that's a typical gudgeon bite. You can see how it moves along, and that one is a tommy rough. It goes straight under and holds it. And, and I got this bite. I said, no, this, of course, is the usual tommy rough. And I would just catch it and lift it up. And I caught a pair of ladies' knickers. <laughs> <coughs> With a woman watching you? And I got a woman sat next to me. Quick as the flash, gold. I must have dish us. I couldn't... <laughs> I couldn't resist it. And what was her reaction? She burst out laughing, shook her head. <laughs> so you've you've obviously been, a, you know, I know you're being humble about it, but everyone that knows about Billy that's in the fishing world would know he's he's an absolute legend in the fishing world. I mean, you've gone from fishing. When did you first come out to Thailand? Well, from Tenerife, I, did, I spent ten years there, and um, it was a question of just how much beer you could drink, how much golf you could play, and it, perhaps 10 years wasted, I suppose, and being retired isn't all it's cracked up to be. Mm. You know, you, you can become very bored. And it perhaps took a toll on my relationship with my missus. I'd been married 30 years. And one day she said, uh, it's not going too well, I need a bit of space. Mm -hmm. And I said, is 7,000 miles enough space? <laughs> and. Uh, jumped on an aeroplane and I, I booked two weeks over here with the intention of playing golf. I knew nothing about Patio uh -huh. except um, what I've been told is a wonderful golf centre. So I spent two weeks out here, never actually played golf, but you worry about that afterwards. And uh, I went back after two weeks and on the third day back the, the, the wife walked into the bedroom and on the bed I got this kit laid out she says, well, what are you doing? I said, see if you can work it out. Golf clubs, fishing tackle, <laughs> passport, one-way ticket to Bangkok. Have you got it? <laughs> and uh, she's never seen me since. Oh, 10 years she's ago. She's never seen you since. No, no, that was 10 years ago. And do you ever think, like, whatever she made of that, when you walked out the door and went, that's it, I'm, I'm seeing you later? Oh, she said she wanted space. I give her space. <laughs> thanks. 10 and years and 7,000 miles. That's definitely space. I love a lot of that's space, definitely yeah. space. So when you came over here the first time uh, for your holiday, I mean, what did you make of the place? I mean, you'd never been to Pattaya before. You know, what did you make of it? Well, I, I, I intended playing golf. I'd been told about all these uh, world-class golf courses. Mm -hmm. And I met up in a little bar called the uh, Little Susie Bar down at Soy Diane. Okay, yep. And uh, I'd been told to go there by this chap who got me into it. And uh, a couple of guys who were fishermen. And um, I'd had two or three drinks. And um, this girl came up, started talking to me, and then started simulating whatever girls simulate when they want to get some money off you. And I thought, why, heck, this is all right. <laughs> and, uh, Do you think I might swerve the golf? <laughs> I thought, by gum, you know. And, uh, by gum. <laughs> so I went back the next day, and the couple of lads there said, We're going up to TQs. Yeah. It was TQ's, Tahitian Queen, yeah. which you featured yeah. the other day. Yeah. So I went in there and my jaw dropped. There were all these semi-naked women, 
tits and teeth everywhere, dancing up and down this silver pole, and I thought, Bargum. <laughs> <laughs> I like the look of this place, you See, know. You could have been down the mine. I could have been you playing could have been golf. Down the mine, you could have been playing golf, and instead you, you're there thinking, my lord, or as you just said, by gum. I've always been unlucky, I told you. <laughs> always been unlucky. Yeah. So after the two weeks, the sound went back, and uh, I was back out again three days later, and I've never been back. You've never been back? No, gosh, no, no reason to. It's, uh, it's not the country I was brought up in. Yeah. And I can see the changes 20, 30 years ago. It was going in the wrong direction, England mm. was. And uh, from the number of people who I meet now who come into the bars, they tell me it's a bit of a doggle now in a lot of places. Mm. It's, it's not the country. Well, I'm still proud of the country, but there's lots of things I don't like about it. You yeah. know? Starting with the politicians as a general rule, you know. Yeah. yeah, a lot has changed. I mean, I must admit it has changed, but I think nevertheless, and you know, guys that are watching this, I think Billy will agree with me here that no matter what the state it is right now, and we all appreciate that back in the days or you know when you guys were here a long, long time ago, it has changed vastly, but it's still good here. Still good? Still good in the same, good fun. Here? Yeah. No, I was referring to England changing, not here. Oh, you mean here? Oh, I thought oh, you meant about here. Yeah. Oh, no, here. No. Oh, no, no. This will always be the, the sex capital of the world times a multiple of ten. Every night's a Saturday night, as it the song is, yeah. goes. You know, where once things start buzzing again, eh, there'll be no change at all. People think there will be no change. All, all that's happened is that um, Patty has become compressed. Yeah. And all the outlying um, beer bar areas and complexes, they've all gone. Yeah. Most of the bars have gone. I mean, a couple of, don't you point now, the Bodega and those on second mm. row. They used to be buzzing. I don't oh, think they're going to come back. Um, walking street people think it will come back i think it will have sourced but not in the in the form it was before yeah yeah i mean it is one of the most famous locations in the world mm. oh definitely yeah but uh, you know these things can disappear because um uh, boogie street in singapore was equally as famous as walking street when okay. i was out there okay and the Singaporeans decided they did not want this image of the town or the island being a, a sex playground. Mm. So they total, totally eliminated it and it's, it's the richest island in the world now anyway. Yeah, God, yeah. So they, they went in a, a different direction to what Pachi was going. Pachi wants to follow Singapore. Yeah. They want to go into the, the upmarket tourist side but it, it, it won't happen yeah patcher is patcher it's never going to change i think walking street is going to be the one thing that will change if anything at all yes. is going to change but i don't think it's going to change to the dramatic lengths that people are saying i think what it's going to happen is there's going to be a slight reshuffle obviously the simon beer bar complex have now been knocked down yeah it looks like the other one at the, at the beginning is going to be knocked down as well i was walking past there the other day and uh, covered that on the video and there's just two little tiny places over the front so they could quite easily be knocked down make into open restaurants and you know kind of like tick that box but like you said you know coming over this side I mean we're here now in Soy Chaipin and we're going to talk about uh, your bars and your books in part two um, but we're here in Soy Chaipin, Soy Pahol in case you know where we are and you know and this area is just on the boom and it? it's just absolutely going through the roof. Well you've taken probably two or three square miles of patch and compressed it into maybe a quarter of a square mile. Yeah. So this, this area, uh, Chaipun itself, I think is the most up and coming. You, Absolutely. We've agree. ever since you've got everything. You've got a row of massage parlours, then you come to the bars. I won't mention Lolita's, because nobody will believe it anyway. Oh, they wouldn't believe you anyway, yeah. No, then you, you've, uh, 
you've got nightclubs. Yeah. Uh, you've got an endless stream of gentlemen's clubs yeah. down here. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a bar with glass frontage, air conditioning, slightly yeah. more money and Oh, slightly better facilities upstairs. I mean, this area is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, mm. even if you go down towards Soy Bacow, and, you know, you go to Soy Bacow, Soy Bacow's busy, Soy Boomerang's busy, LK Metro. I was in LK Metro last night, uh, and uh, I put a small video up, short video up, on, on my Facebook to show people. It was rammed. It was oh, absolutely gosh, yeah. rammed. And then you got, like, Soy Tree Town. Soy Tree Town. Yep, you know. Oh, it's an amazing place now, and it's, it's all compressed. Uh, I think it will be to the detriment of some of the other areas. So, yeah. you know, I, I think sorry, seven and eight, they could be in a bit of trouble. Yeah. I, I rather think this could become the new Soy Six. Mm. You've had a night out in Tree Town, LK Metro, and you want to round round off the evening with yeah. whatever you do in Patia. Yeah. Why jump in a taxi all the way up to Soy Six? You yeah. just walk down here. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So, there you go, the man himself has said it. Come up to Soy Chai, put Soy Pothole. Um, it really is good, I mean, there is a good vibe. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this part up and we're gonna come back in part two. I've got, look at what we're gonna talk about in part two. I need a lifter, look at these. And these are only, what are they? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's got 11 books, 11 books, you've done that. So uh, we're gonna talk about your books. We're gonna talk about your, your life here in the bars because you've had a few. Yes. Too many. He's had too many. Uh, too we're going to talk about now. We're sat in Jenny's bar, which is which is uh, Billy's bar here. So we can talk about that in part two. Very very quickly, just one answer. Would you say to people watching this, come out here? It's a great good time. Or would you say wait? What would you do? If you could get rid of this silly test and yep. goal, I would say it is always has been and always will be the number one holiday destination in the world. Fantastic. For a single man. Fantastic. I don't think it's the sort of place you'd want to bring your wife unless you're going to be working along the beach and going yeah. seeing all the attraction. The attraction here is that there's 100,000 young women working in the city. Gotcha. Every, gotcha. Night is <clears throat> every night is party night and people have been coming here 20 hours, never go anywhere else. Once you've been to party I, you don't really want to go anywhere else in the world for a holiday. It's yeah. the number one venue in there you the go. world. There you go. Number That's one venue in the world from the man, Billy making himself. Billy, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been fantastic. In part two, we're going to come back in part two. In part two, what we're going to do, we're going to talk about Billy's life here as an author. So he's gone from fishing now into authoring and he's, he's got 11 books and we're going to talk about those. I think Billy's had, is it five or six bars you've had now? I think this is number six. This yes. is number six. So we're going to talk about six bars, and I'm going to dig deep and find out about what he's been up to while he's been out here over those years. But we'll come back in part two for that. All right, guys. So that's it for me. Thank you very much for watching. I hope you've enjoyed this. I definitely have. It's been fantastic talking to Billy. Uh, if you are in the area, come up Soy Chipe and Soy Pothole. Come in. Come and say hello to Billy. He's a lovely guy. Come and meet him and uh, come and have a few beers. And I'm sure there are, there are stories that he can tell you off of this camera that I can't put on this camera. But we'll talk about that another day. All right, that's it for me. Thank you very much for watching. Please, as always, remember, hit the subscribe button and also the bell icon if you'd like to be notified when we bring out a new video. Check out our Discord, 11,234 members at the time of making this video. And I'm gonna get Billy on there as well so he can share his life stories. Uh, so get on Discord, have a look, completely free. And uh, if you'd like to support the channel, there is a link in the description below. Have a look and uh, your support is much appreciated. All right, guys, that's it for me. That's it for Billy. Thank you very much for watching. And please, as always, wherever you are in the world, stay safe.